Welcome to the Coronavirus Weekly Brief. We're your hosts. I'm David Sturman. And I'm Emily Schneider. Here are the headlines you need to know. Even though children as young as six months are now eligible for the coronavirus vaccine in the U.S., some parents are struggling to find a place to administer the vaccine. Under the Federal Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, pharmacists can give COVID vaccines to children aged three and older during the public health emergency, but some pharmacies are still only offering vaccines to children over five years old. Publix and Kroger, for example, won't give the shots to children under five. CVS is offering COVID shots to children as young as 18 months at all stores that have minute clinics, but at other locations, the age limit is still five. But even if the pharmacy isn't offering the shot to the youngest children, the pharmacist should be able to tell parents where the vaccines are available, or they could speak to their pediatrician first. Omicron subvariants BA4 and BA5 appear to escape antibody responses among people who have been previously infected with COVID-19 and those who have been fully vaccinated and boosted, according to data from researchers at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center of Harvard Medical School. The research, published in the New England Journal of Medicine last week, showed that the neutralizing antibodies produced by a previous infection or vaccination are several times lower against BA4 and BA5 compared to the original strain of the virus. Dr. Dan Broke, an author of the paper, told CNN, quote, Our data suggests that these new Omicron subvariants will likely be able to lead to surges of infections in populations with high levels of vaccine immunity, as well as natural BA1 and BA2 immunity. End quote. But he also noted that it is likely that vaccine immunity will still provide substantial protection against severe diseases with BA4 and BA5. As we have covered in recent briefs, concerns have increased about the potential for a recession as the Federal Reserve seeks to rein in inflation driven by the pandemic, Russia's war in Ukraine, and other factors. Politico reports that on the Sunday talk show circuit, Biden administration officials emphasized that they do not consider a recession to be inevitable. On Fox News Sunday, National Economic Council Director Brian Dees stated, quote, Not only is the recession not inevitable, but I think that a lot of people are underestimating the strengths and the resilience of the American economy. We have been through Delta and Omicron. We've had a war in Europe. And all of the impacts that has had and through it, the American economy has remained resilient. What we want to focus on now is taking every step we can to continue that progress, unquote. The same day on ABC, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen also stated, quote, I expect the economy to slow. It's been growing at a very rapid rate as the economy, as the labor market is recovered, and we reached the full employment. It's natural now that we'd expect to transition to steady and stable growth. I don't think a recession is at all inevitable, unquote. Bereaved families in the UK warn that they may take legal action against the government for its delay in starting an inquiry about the coronavirus pandemic response. The government has not set a date for the inquiry to begin, and families who have lost loved ones are in, quote, limbo, according to the COVID-19 Bereaved Families for Justice group. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said previously that the inquiry would start in spring 2020, but no further information has been made public. The group says that the delay could be costing lives as it is slowing down a review of best practices and lessons learned. The group also warns that key evidence could be tampered with or destroyed before the inquiry begins. Politico reports that the coming expiration of the declaration of COVID as a public health emergency, potentially as soon as October, 
could leave thousands of patients wrestling with opioid addiction in the lurch as permissions for virtual care expire. Politico writes, quote, thousands of patients turning to online help for opioid addiction could soon lose access to life-saving services that rapidly expanded during the pandemic, even as opioid deaths reach record levels. A new crop of startups boomed when regulations eased in 2020, allowing patients to see medical practitioners from their homes and skip the in-person visits normally required to get a prescription for buprenorphine, a drug used to treat opioid dependence. However, Politico adds the federal regulations that have allowed practitioners the flexibility to prescribe buprenorphine after an audio or video appointment and to patients outside their state are due to expire along with the COVID-19 public health emergency. Politico adds public health officials now fear they are on the precipice of losing one of their most valuable tools to combat opioid addiction, further complicating efforts to tackle a crisis that is affecting a growing number of young adults and claiming hundreds of thousands of lives, unquote. As we have covered in prior briefs, the pandemic era has seen new records in terms of opioid and other drug-related deaths, contributing to the concern among some about the impact. To see our daily brief, go to the address in our show notes and follow us on Twitter, at New America ISP. The Coronavirus Weekly Brief was produced by Shannon Lynch and Jason Stewart and was edited by Shannon Lynch. The podcast is brought to you by New America and Arizona State University.